Every epic adventure needs a treasure map, and every career journey needs a purpose and strategy. Let's take this trek together. I'm Megan Valley. And I'm Brad Minton. This is your career GPS. Welcome back to Your Career GPS, the podcast designed to help teens, young adults, college students, and new grads navigate their personal career journey. Last week, we talked about creating a new path using the challenge mindset. We were joined by JP Michelle, the founder of Spark Path, an exercise used to help young people discover their true potential and choose the educational program that leads to an extraordinary career. Over the last few weeks, we've covered many important concepts of self-exploration, including our interests, passions, skills, experiences, and personality. All of those explored how these components intersect and ways that we can see the roads ahead and create new roads as well. Today's episode is super exciting, Ignition, Achieving Career Goals with Intention. Brad, lead us in. <laughs> That's right. So it's taken us a little while to get here, as Megan has said. You know, we have leveraged expertise uh, from some amazing guests who have talked about all those subjects that she previously mentioned. And, you know, looking ahead, when we think about starting our, our trip, it's really about, you know, setting important goals that are going to pull us. You know, we talked about this push-pull motivation and what's, gonna, what's going to propel us moving forward and what's going to hook us in like a magnet. And when you look at the most successful people, regardless of their industry, regardless of what they do for a living, the most successful people in the world all seem to have a common ingredient. They set clear goals, they know what they want to accomplish, and they figure out a way to uh, implement those into action. And so uh, today's guest, I'm so excited to bring onto the podcast. I just got introduced to her pretty recently, is Lynette Correa Velez. She is the founder of Hashtag Inclusive Career Coach and currently the Assistant Director of Career Development at Northeastern Illinois University, located in Chicago. As a trained career coach with over 17 years of professional experience in career coaching and human resource development, she's trained over 15,000, yes, thousand, multicultural and intergenerational learners in over 20 21st century career readiness topics. Lynette identifies as Puerto Rican, first-generation high school and college graduate from Boston, Massachusetts. Lynette has received over 13 awards and honors for her passion in co-empowering individuals and groups, both in-person and virtually through partnerships. She's a member of NACE, Chicago Career Professionals Network, SHRM Chicago, ALPFA National, NASPA, ATD Chicago, HACE Chicago, International Coaching Federation Chicago, hold on, I'm not done yet, SEED <laughs> Council at Francis Parker School and The Career View. Whew, that's a mouthful. <laughs> As a lifelong social and racial justice advocate, she career coaches with diversity, equity, and inclusion and intersectional lens, where she is now a third-year doctoral student at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign in the diversity, equity, and in education with an emphasis on human resource development. She has her MED and HRD with a focus in management of e-learning for workplace learning and training from UIUC and her BS in 
Business Management and Human Resource Management with a minor in psychology from Lesley University located in Cambridge, Massachusetts. She lives and works now remotely in Chicago, and she lives with her husband and four-year-old son. So you can tell by that amazing introduction, she has done a lot. She is very, very embedded in a lot of uh, important groups, and she's making a real-world impact every day. And I couldn't think of a better guest to come in and speak about um, goal setting. So welcome, Lynette. Thank you so much, Brad. I am, uh, as they say in my home state, hometown of Boston, Massachusetts, I am wicked excited to be here. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) (laughs) So Lynette, with all that in mind, um, you obviously come in with so many different accolades. So I was hoping you could kind of tell our listeners a little bit about your path, about your career journey, um, because, you know, our listeners um, are students, they're young adults, um, they're just venturing into their careers and learning and and seeing um, the beginnings of somebody who now has accomplished so much, I think, can be extremely helpful. So can you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you said a decent amount, but I'll provide sort of the story around the bio you know, as mentioned, I am a first generation high school and college graduate. And whenever I say that, I I always allude to the fact that, yes, you know, I've overcome a lot of obstacles. Um, It has been very difficult even now, but I've always had help along the way. Right. Mm -hmm. And so uh, once I graduated uh, from high school, I graduated actually from a math and science high school. It's called the O'Brien School of Math and Science in Boston, Massachusetts. I got a full ride to, at the time, it was called Leslie College. And um, I don't know, for some reason, I I somehow started learning about HR and I figured that HR departments are sort of the heart of an organization. And that immediately caught my eye. Uh, Because for me, you know, I think I've always known that I want to help people. I'm a people oriented person. And then I went from there um, in regards to which career path would embrace a personality like mine that loves people that, you know, is very people oriented. That's all I knew at 17, 18, right? I didn't really (laughs) have access or exposure to much else. And, you know, went through college, uh, graduated, and I started actually working, interestingly enough, um, just a little bit in corporate banking. Um, I started actually working in general uh, at the young age of 14. And I and I absolutely will age myself uh, to all the young <laughs> listeners. But, you know, prior to iPhones, and <laughs> there was something <laughs> called pagers. And <laughs> I, at What's the time, <laughs> I know, right? Uh, I, at the time, I was like, you know, asking my parents, I was like, oh, you know, I really want a, a pager, you know, can you give me one? They were like, no, you need to start working. I'm not going to get that for you. Like, no, uh, there's a monthly bill, like you need to learn responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, I will. So then I went and found a job. <laughs> um, and my very first job, I was, uh, interestingly enough, an HIV and AIDS peer leader where I ran around uh, with like a group of other six young people and taught both young adults and adults alike. Um, just, you know, and this was, I'll again, age myself, which is fine. Um, you know, this was sort of the, the mid nineties and mm-hmm. um, you know, the HIV AIDS epidemic was still pretty big. It was, you know, pretty big for about 10 years nationally, but most especially in the Boston area. And I think that's, one of the very first ways I I got ignited into public speaking, 
So I knew that at that time, you know, I was starting as uh, the famous book author, uh, Malcolm Gladwell would say, I was starting my 10,000 hours um, at that time. And so by the time I graduated college, um, you know, still worked in corporate banking a little bit, but I realized that it wasn't really embracing the personality that I am. So ended up working at a nonprofit called the Boston Private Industry Council, which Interestingly enough, that's where I got my first start in career development. And I was a career specialist at that time. And from there, worked for a couple other nonprofit organizations that focused on career and workforce development, you know, with college students and adults. And then the Great Recession happened. And unfortunately, I was part of a national reorganization at that time for a national nonprofit. And I thought to myself, I was about in my mid-20s. Uh, you know, what it is that I want to do? What What is it that I love? How can I be the captain of my own ship? And I think having these sort of self-reflective questions really helped in regards to my path. And when I started thinking about it, I started planning. Um, I right. realized <laughs> that, you know, I'm actually in an amazing space uh, to start a business. And that is where career coaching for kids got started. Um, I It was an idea. I probably had maybe $200 to my name to start oh my it. Um, wow. Then once I started um, speaking about my intention with others about starting my own business as a Latina uh, entrepreneur, social education, social entrepreneur at that time, um, people started, you know, being connectors with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were saying, hey, you know, there's a certificate of entrepreneurship program through the city of Boston. You should check this out. I applied, got a scholarship, got in. Um, started my business and it took maybe about seven years and I ended up having a team of five. We were co-empowering young people and adults alike throughout the Northeast and throughout the U.S. At that time, I was one of the first career coaches to do what is now the normal. But at that time, back at again, 2008, 2009, Mm -hmm. uh, Skype career coaching uh, because I wanted to have Mm -hmm. access to individuals and unfortunately, I can't clone myself, so I couldn't travel, at, you know, <laughs> during certain points of the calendar year, right? Snowstorms, et cetera. But people still needed access of information. And I think, you know, not realizing that at that time, but realizing it now, I was a, a bit of a futurist, right? I, I kept thinking to myself, what can I do to improve society? How can I be part of the solution? And did that for several years, uh, met my husband, uh, Gosh, it must have been around 2013, uh, applied for my master's at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign uh, as he was accepted for his PhD at the time, also a first-generation high school and college graduate. And we were newly engaged, drove in a 2004 Taurus from <laughs> 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 Boston, Massachusetts to Urbana-Champaign. I mean, gosh, that was nuts because the car kept breaking down every three and a half hours oh, yeah. four Memorable. days. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I will never forget that. And, you know, came to U of I, definitely started grad school. Uh, it was very nerve wracking, of course, but knew that I had a support network behind me of individuals that have supported me throughout my career. And um, we ended up moving to Chicago uh, in 2018. And prior to moving to Chicago, I was working at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. So that kind of also ignited my love for working in education, actually, in higher ed. 
um, at that time. And I've, I've always indirectly worked with colleges and universities through my chameleon career coaching business. Um, mm-hmm. I worked at Harvard College, uh, Brown University, MIT, you know, um, and Boston University, Boston College, et cetera. But around that time, you know, I was like, wow, I really love working in higher ed. Uh, so when I started applying for, you know, jobs in the Chicago area to support our family, I, I applied to a few colleges in the area, Northeastern Illinois University, uh, picked up my candidacy, took about six months, but uh, ended up being <laughs> the assistant director of career development at NEIU at that time in Chicago. Something and I've been I... there ever since. <laughs> <laughs> what a story. <laughs> what a path you've taken. Obviously, a long list of achievements identified throughout, but something so refreshing that you mentioned several times was how you were trying to find companies or situations that embraced you, right? So often mm-hmm. we talk right. about acclimating to to this organization or to this group of people so that we can fit in with them. And you're totally reframing that to flip it on its head and say, no, I need to find people who embrace me, not the other That's way right. around where I have to change myself. I just love that. It's so important. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy you said that because that should really hit home with all of our listeners. I know it does with me. And I just, Wonderful. I wanted to acknowledge that. <laughs> beautiful, no, that's beautiful great. And, and, and it's important because, again, I didn't know this then, but I know now, uh, research shows that part of the reason that employees tend to be very dissatisfied with their respective companies, employers, careers, is mostly because they don't embrace the values Uh, The company doesn't embrace the values that they have, right? They have to kind of force themselves to embrace the values of the company. And I think for me, it's a two-way street. It's not one or the other. Mm -hmm. But in order to know what your values are, you have to have to put in the work to figure out what is it that you value in the workplace? How does your personality fit in the workplace? What is your personality like, right? Are you more of an introvert? (laughs) Are you more of an extrovert? Are you more of a talker? Are you more of a listener? Are you a little bit of both, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And and then try to figure out, you know, what it is that you love to do from there. So from interest to values to skills, I think it's all of that and then some. Well, with this impressive list of accomplishments <laughs> <laughs> and this insight you've already shared, we're just barely into the episode. Oh, my gosh. Right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, obviously, you know how to set goals. You know how to achieve those goals. So what would you share with our young listeners out there who are just getting started? What's Why is it so important for them to start setting those goals early on? Uh, I think it's important to start setting those goals early on because it gives you a bit of a visible roadmap. And sometimes it's an invisible roadmap where it's in your head. You're like, man, you know, I I do see myself at at this, at Z, but I'm at A, Mm -hmm. right? And how Mm -hmm. do I get from A to Z? And Mm -hmm. for me, I think that's where it starts. I think having clarity of the end goal is almost as important as the process itself. Because for me, you know, I I didn't know how to name it at the time in my early 20s, uh, and even in my teens. Um, But I knew I wanted to be some version of an executive leader. I didn't know in what, I didn't know in which industry, I didn't know with which company at that time. But I, I envisioned myself at the end of the day, making a positive impact in the world. And how can I use that in a leadership role. That's all I knew, like literally all I knew. Um, And then throughout my career and life journey, it kind of unfolded for me. And 
interestingly enough, uh, you know, in hindsight's always 2020, I, I realized that my career found me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I took a risk. Again, I remember I was in corporate banking um, at the <laughs> time and I was like, you know what, let me, and, and let me backtrack a little bit. I, I didn't get a chance to mention this, but I, the summer before my senior year in college, I ended up being recruited for a nonprofit called the TAG program. And the TAG program focused on recruiting uh, multiracial uh, high school students and providing summer enrichment activities um, at the University of Massachusetts, Boston. And a friend of mine was like, hey, you know, if you can, you know, flex your schedule at the at your corporate banking job, you know, we'd love to have you for at least 10 to 20 hours a week. Um, and, and just help out because we need help. We need you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she was one of my best friends. So I was like, sure, why not? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And with that sort of, you know, almost lackadaisical, yes. Uh, I was like, wow, you know, I, I, I really love this. I I think this is what I want to do. And Mm -hmm. I took that risk, right? I didn't say, no, I don't like working with young people. I didn't say, you know, I don't want to, you know, to work two jobs. My summer is for time off, right? I took a time, Mm -hmm. I took advantage of the time uh, (laughs) that I had and, and I just went for it. And I, I, I am so glad that my young self decided to just go for it. Uh, because then it it opened doors to my n- now self that I never mm-hmm. in a million years would have thought ever, and really, really, really grateful for that. Wow, you know there are so many things that you're talking about that resonate with me, and I, I really hope resonate with our listeners. And I think one of the big things here is that was a, a call for me to have you on the podcast in the first place is that um, you're extremely authentic and you're. And I think right. you even mentioned this in the webinar that I attended is that you're unapologetically authentic. I kind of love it. Love it. And, <laughs> and what I love about that so much and what I appreciate about that so much is that it's sort of that gut impulse knowing who you are and really needing the opportunities to present themselves in order to deeper your discovery of it. Um, that sort of led you along that path. And I think what you said about starting with the end in mind was really important is that you have to, you have to have that gut feeling about what you're trying to reach and, and who you're trying to impact and, and the impact that you're trying to make on the world. If you really, really can mm-hmm. get to that, then what you're kind of doing in essence is you're, you're kind of putting yourself in the position to have the right opportunities present themselves. And I think a lot about, about Tony Robbins, he talks about um, how our brains work and like our reticular activating system. And once you identify a goal, once you have an idea in mind of what you're looking to accomplish, it'll be like a a magnet. Things will just start appearing. You know, I have so experienced that throughout my life. It's, it's super odd to say, and you know, the cliche of like, you're, you're at the right place. (laughs) at the right time has been yeah. absolutely my experience throughout my career. It's really interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and that's exactly what, what seemed to be present, you know, throughout your story is that 
you had this idea of, of who you are, you were looking for the right opportunities to be able to make the impact that you wanted to make. You just didn't know the specifics. You didn't know exactly how it was going to pan out, but you just, you know, were pulled to this. And then the opportunity started coming because you were going in the right direction. And so I, I really love that because it really, really pointed out that, that you don't have to have everything figured out in the beginning. No, not at um, all. Right. Um, you just sometimes have to have you can, what I'd like to yeah. call critical hope. Right. You have to have critical hope that Mm -hmm. things are going to work out. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to have faith in yourself. You have to have confidence in yourself. You have to. And I think I said this prior to the podcast recording, but um, I'm, I'm a good people collector and, (laughs) you know, good people tend to know other good people. And there's been times where, you know, I've also collected people who are not so good. And, you know, it probably took some time to figure out their intentions uh, in my life, but there's opportunities to have critical hope in your career. And as long as you have that, then literally the sky is not even the limit. Right. Mm -hmm. And and I that's one of the things that I think being an an educational social entrepreneur, just an entrepreneur really developed in me. Of course, I had it prior, but I think it really cultivated that for me throughout my career and, and having that entrepreneurial spirit uh, in regards to my career. And and really, as you said, um, or maybe I said it, uh, having the end goal <laughs> in mind, for sure. I love that. I really, really appreciate everything that you talked about there. I, I wanted to ask you an important contrast here when we're kind of talking about goal setting. One of the things that I think about is, you know, um, the New Year's, you know, quickly approaching us. Some people are going to set New Year's resolutions and statistics continually show that, you know, people suck (laughs) at achieving (laughs) their New Year's resolution. They don't do a good job, right? I I don't, I think it's, I think it's 95%, 96%, something like that, but the vast, (laughs) vast majority fail, fail Mm -hmm. in their attempts to, to um, accomplish the goals that they set for, you know, a given time period, say a year or so. So what do you think the distinction is? Why do you feel that that um, maybe some people really, really struggle for a long, long time and other people like yourself can just go out like gangbusters and just, you know, knock, mm-hmm. them, knock them out? Interestingly enough, I'm going to go back to authenticity and having that authentic conversation with, with yourself in regards to your, in this case, career goals, right? Or life goals, both. Mm-hmm. I always set three very intentional, authentic goals that I know I'm going to accomplish, right? I'm not going to set a goal of like, I'm going to lose 100 pounds by January of 2022. That's just not going to happen. Why? (laughs) Because, you know, and I go back, you know, I have to think about my support system. I have to think about everything else that I have on my plate. I have to think about how much time I actually am going to put to this goal of losing 100 pounds. Um, I have to think about, you know, are there people in my support system that are actually going to support me on a Mm day-to-day basis for this? Am I really not going to have that slice of flan, uh, during celebrations throughout the year, right? right? (laughs) Or cake, right? Like it's just Mm -hmm. not realistic. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to lose my, my brown woman joy over flan and cake. It's just not, right? And, you know, I, I joke, but it's it's along those lines of really setting that intentional goal, that authentic conversation with, your th- with yourself. Um, I'll publicly say one of my goals for next year is to finish my third year of my doctoral program 
by August of 2021, right? It's measurable. It has a deadline. It's something I know it's going to happen, but it definitely could probably not happen if I don't take a couple <laughs> courses, right? But it is something that, you know, it's, it's a priority for me. It's something that I can uh, achieve and I will feel proud at the end of achieving it, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's part of the issue with a lot of people. They set these really grandiose goals versus setting little goals that you have success after success after success. And once you have that feeling of achieving that goal, completing it by a deadline, and I'm saying that very, I'm going to overuse the word very intentionally, setting a date and time and year that you're going to finish that goal, that you know it's achievable and realistic. Once you have multiple you know, successes, then you get to have those goals be a little bit bigger and then a little bit bigger and then a little bit bigger. There is also a stick to to achieving goals. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, I started out wonky, you know, 20 years ago, but at this point, having had some level of stick for the past almost 20 years of my life, I, I kind of know how, how to get it done at this point. But starting out, I was not like this at all, right? Um, another thing that I do is that I do what I love and I partner for the rest. Okay. So for example, uh, my husband's super amazing. I'm a lucky gal to have married him, but he keeps me accountable. He is my accountability partner. Um, Mm. I'm going to go back to my example of trying to lose hundred pounds. He would be the person to say, Lynette, nope, you cannot have that cake because you have your goal, (laughs) but (laughs) losing hundred pounds by January of 2022. (laughs) And I'd be like, I hate you. Get away from me. <laughs> I'm eating. <laughs> I'm having this cake. Okay, 2020 has been total caca. So, <laughs> um, so again, you know, I'm not going to set that because you know he's going to drive me crazy. But if I, you know, have him as my accountability partner to assist me on a day to day basis, keep me accountable to study, keep me accountable to participate in my classes. Um, we have a, a four year old son. You know, keep keep my, our little one busy while I'm in class or while I'm doing my readings or while I'm writing my papers. Those are a little bit more achievable on a day-to-day basis. And I can get a little bit more support around it. Um, versus if I did it all by myself, Mm. I mean, that would just drive me nuts. I would never be able to accomplish my goal by that deadline. Right. So I think, you know, the concept of the self-made person really should be deleted from our vocabulary because quite frankly, we need our community. We need people to support us. We need people to help us. And now that we are mostly quarantined and in a viral pandemic, I feel like this, you know, silver lining of the COVID-19 pandemic has really brought out and exacerbated our need for each other. Absolutely. And you you touched on so many things with that. And we could see your your individual process, which has obviously brought results. But what I really noticed was how specific you are. That's you right. take everything into account at the beginning. You're thinking about your unique situation. Who do I know? Who's going to be there to help me with this? Who am I as a person? How do I approach my own goals? Mm -hmm. You had those measurable pieces. You had the specific deadline. You're prioritizing, right? All of these things that say, I'm going to take these steps one by one so that I can get there each day. I'm going to tackle it individually so that I can hit that goal on August 19th of 2021, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I love that piece of it. 
but what I'm thinking here is, you know, so many of us start start that way and we've had had have these great goals in mind um, and we're thinking about all of these things, but inevitably as we move through that time, we hit blocks, right? And sometimes yeah. it's just, I don't feel like doing this. I have this cake. I'm going to eat this cake, you know? Right. So how do you right. stay motivated through those inevitable struggles that we all face? Um, I have made friends with the struggle. Nice. And I don't know if that makes sense. It does. Um, mm-hmm. So I have made peace with the struggle. I have made friends with the struggle. Um, I definitely won't delve into it now. But since I started my intention in disintegrating generational poverty within my family and now with my husband within now both sides of our family, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, there are external factors that keep knocking us down. I, I kid you not, at least once a year, every year. One of them, I think on a global scale this year in 2020 was mm-hmm. uh, and is this viral pandemic, which is awful. And, um, you know, particularly right. within the U.S. But uh, on a very personal note, you know, has been that my mom, unfortunately, uh, was diagnosed with cancer for the second time in the past year and a half. Oh, right. Boy. And mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, I'm the oldest of four. So I'm really close to my parents, although they're not together mm-hmm. currently. I cannot tell you the amount of pure sorrow that I have experienced this year with everything that I have on my plate, right? Like, like, oh my gosh, like life, why are you doing this to me? (laughs) Mm -hmm. I can't imagine, you know, like just the, the, the potential inevitable for, for my mom. Um, And, you know, she has to go through chemo, but a lot of the the sort of, again, stick to itiveness and, and dusting yourself off and trying again comes from my mom, right? Mm. And it hasn't been any more clearer that she's role modeled that for me throughout my life. And she's also practicing that currently, you know? So it, it, it's a very not great situation. But uh, again, as I said, I've made peace with the fact that sometimes life gives you lemons and Mm -hmm. they say, you know, life gives you lemons and maybe you should make lemonade out of it. And I say life has absolutely given me lemons, but I, as a Latina, I have made limonada out of it. And that's okay. Right. Because struggles come in seasons. They're not forever. They feel like forever. Um, mm-hmm. but they're not forever. And I, I take a lot of healing from that. Um, I take, again, a lot of critical hope that, you know, she will get better and she has gotten better and she's reacted in this example really well to her chemo. And I've asked, you know, people in my community, such as my doctoral advisor, my colleagues at work, um, and even down to my son, you know, please give me grace at this time. Uh, mm-hmm. because I, I'm not feeling my best. And again, having that realistic conversation with yourself and then having that authentic conversation with your support network and your village, I think is really imperative to success as well. That is really, really powerful. And I'm just honored that you shared that story Absolutely. and best wishes to your mom and yes. um, for you, you Thank know, you. for you guys and hoping that you can, you know, get through this. And I, I know that, you know, this year has been really, really 
turbulent for everybody, but, mm-hmm. you know, to have to, to have that compounded on top of it is particularly difficult. But I think what, what really stuck out for me in that story is, is the fact that you've kind of come back to, again, we kind of keep using that, that word authenticity, but for you, it's like, you know, you had that model growing up of, of how to weather storms. And when you mm-hmm. talked in the beginning about your, your biography, about, you know, your career journey, it was certainly not linear. You know, it, oh, it, no, right. it was it was That's not right. a straight shot. And that gives you a lot of perspective. It, it, it teaches right. you about it, a lot about the roads ahead. It tells you a lot about what you can expect and what you can anticipate and your message about the fact that that's seasonal, you know, and a lot of yes. times when we're in when we're in the thick of that season, when it feels like an eternal winter. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but, yeah. it, but it's just that there will be a time when. Uh, when the sun's going to come again and it's going to, you know, feel really, really good and we're going to get past it and, and uh, be a little bit stronger as a result. So um, I really, really thank you for, for uh, providing that story. Absolutely. Thank you. And I love how you have identified people who inspire you, that you look up to, your mom, and knowing mm-hmm. that she's made it through these many struggles. And right now she's facing another and mm-hmm. she's using that strength and that courage. And that can be so empowering for you. And I think Mm -hmm. all of us should identify those people in our lives and say, you know, they were faced with this problem, this obstacle, this challenge. They tackled it. They made it through. It was hard. They had days when they just couldn't handle. But the next day they got up, you know, dust yourself off, move forward. And I think that is such a huge motivator for Mm -hmm. anyone. No, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So as we kind of shift into kind of thinking about strategies and thinking about um, our young listeners who are you know venturing into their career, there's obviously so so many nuggets of wisdom that they've already gotten from this episode. So, is there anything in terms of um, specific strategies you know that they can they can utilize that that you might suggest to them of how to approach goal setting in the right way? So this sounds very simple, Brad and Megan, but write it down, mm-hmm. write it down, yeah. <laughs> write it down, write it down, write it down. So, and not only write it down, but make it visible in an area of your room, of your home. Again, setting that very specific goal, uh, by a, you know, a date and time and year and, and just on an everyday basis, chip at it. Little by little, Mm -hmm. they call it scaffolding, but, you know, break down that sort of bigger goal on a daily basis so that you can achieve that goal. For some young people, it might be saving, you know, saving $500, right? Uh, My goal is to save $500 in six months. So what do I need to do on a daily basis to save that $500 in six months? Is it not buying that Starbucks coffee? Is it maybe right. not gifting <laughs> your loved one as expensive as you'd like to, right? <laughs> and and also letting your support network know, hey, my goal is to save $500 in six months. Do you have any um, projects for me to do? Do you have any contracts? Do you need your um, uh, lawn to be mowed, Right. Um, Mm -hmm. I only charge this and, and just really making up little plans on a daily basis to then achieve that bigger end goal. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's that constant reminder, you know, I can't avoid it. It's in front of my face. I know this is something I told myself to do. Your village (laughs) is keeping you accountable. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So many 
points that we have today that just stand out. We can take those actionable steps already. Write it down. All of you listening, yes. write it down. <laughs> have <Yes>. that reminder. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've I've uh, taught uh, career decision making classes for a number of years, and and I got so tired of saying that same thing. But it is so so important; mm-hmm. it really is. So, thank you for that reminder. Absolutely, all of our listeners out there, I am sure, are wanting to find you, wanting to learn more, wanting to connect. So, before we get into that. I want to hear from your past a little bit. I know we've heard a lot today, but what would you say is the best piece of career advice you've received along your journey? Ooh, that is such a good one. The best career advice I've received along my career journey has probably got to be from my dad. One of the things that he told me is do what you love, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Do what you love. And, and that has never actually left me. And there's various things that I love, right? And the things that I, I have learned that I love, uh, particularly within my career, complement each other. And that's okay, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love to sing. Will I turn it into a career? No. But <laughs> <laughs> is it something that I love to do? Absolutely, right? Um, You know, I love to career coach. I love to co-empower individuals. I love coaching others to live with intention and and work with intention. Um, But it all comes back to what I call my power word. It all comes back to love. And Mm. and he pretty much ignited that for me uh, very early on. And I've really taken that not just throughout my career, but in life and uh, really grateful for that lesson. That is so inspiring and the perfect note to end the episode on love. (laughs) (laughs) Right? That's right. Go out there, know what you love doing, make part of those things into a career, enjoy the other parts in your personal life, and be happy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's right. You have you have one life to live. And if there's anything that my mom, especially now, has taught me is that life is short and might as well do things that you want to do be around people that you want to see that love you and that you love. So, Well, Lynette, on that note, how can our listeners find you? <laughs> yes. Um, so I am on Twitter, uh, Lynette, C-O-R Velez, V-E-L-E-Z. So L-Y-N-E-T-T-E, C-O-R-V-E-L-E-Z uh, at Twitter and uh, or LinkedIn, Lynette Correa Velez. So LinkedIn or Twitter would love to connect with you. Uh, hear your respective journeys and see how you live uh, your life with intention and love. Thank you so much for being here. (laughs) No, I mean, I think one of the things here is that so many important elements really converged in Lynette's message today about goal setting. And, um, and you could see it ring through in, in her story by really knowing her true North. And, That's right. you know, that, that message really, you know, came from her dad, you know, mm-hmm. and, and what a resounding impact that's made on her life to be able to kind of point her in the, the direction that she needed to go. And, you know, of course it had hills and valleys and construction and <laughs> all these other, <laughs> mm-hmm. all these other obstacles that were thrown in, 
but she, you know, really, really stayed true to, um, you know, to where that, that compass was leading her. And, um, and so the opportunities really, really did continue to present. And so I love that message and I love the message about, you know, love and, um, and really, really being clear on, on what you're passionate about. So Mm -hmm. all of those things, um, really, really, just uh, just hit home and hopefully they hit home for our listeners. So um, we want to thank Lynette again for being here. It was absolutely incredible. It was a thank joy. You it was so an much. honor. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we want you to stay tuned for next week. We have an amazing episode coming um, with Mike Bird, who's going to talk with us a little bit about beating the traffic and uh, creating content that's going to help you uh, start this journey in the right way. So, uh, Stay tuned for that. Until then, this is your career GPS and your journey awaits.